0: Hi everybody. this is Moshe Fried and welcome to the very 26th episode of the Class Stars Podcast. Today we are talking with Jason Hayes
1: The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions with so many demands and so much to do? How do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question. And the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed.
0: We're joined today by Jason Hayes, someone who I've gotten to meet over Facebook the last couple of weeks and quickly become good friends with. We've got a lot in common and a lot of similar goals. And Jason is doing some really, really impressive stuff. And he's a guest with us today on the Class Stars podcast. Jason, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Moshe. Thank you.
0: Great. Okay. So, Jason, tell us, let, let's go, let's, let's start
1: back. How long have you been in education? I've been in education for 14 years now. 14 years.
0: Nice. And, and what pulled you into education? What made you decide to join this amazing field?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What really pulled me in is that, um, you know, it was the summer going into my, uh, my freshman year in college. I was in pre-med, but uh, just doing, you know, some soul searching and you know, reading books. I read, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Uh, I, I was reading the Bible and things. And I said, OK, I really want to help people. And, you know, I was looking at it from the aspect of, OK, I can help people by, you know, surgery and, and medicine, things of that nature. But I said, how about I go to the, the, the front lines and with the idea of, you know, prevention? And so that's what I got into saying, you know, I, I want to be a teacher. And in 2003, I was able to go to Ghana, uh, West Africa, and I was there helping out at a refugee camp and uh, we were helping uh, student leaders on the camp, you know, kids that are like 16, 17 years old and helping them to teach HIV awareness. And that's where I got the, the well, one, the travel bug, but also the, the the teaching bug. And I thought that, you know, this is very interesting. It's very fun. And I like being in front of uh, crowds, whether it be big crowds or small crowds, And I said, okay, this is. Is where I want to be, classroom.
0: Awesome, awesome. There's nothing like that energy of like helping kids expand their horizons, you know, and, and help them reach further than they can already reach. There's nothing like that feeling, which is so
1: Yeah, and the, and the kids, of course, kids are, you know, I think they're realer, uh, they're more real than, than adults, you know, because, sure. you know, when you look at the idea of the, uh, the story of the uh, emperor has no clothes, right? You know, if, That's right. It was a kid that right, had to tell that's him, hey, right, He has no clothes, you know. He's that's, the one right. That's, that's right.
0: There's a certain purity. There's a certain purity that they have. It's just like they're just brutally honest.
1: Yeah, brutally yeah. Honest. <laughs> brutally honest, but still at the same time, they'll just keep it going. Like, hey, uh, I don't like your haircut, and they just keep going, <laughs> you know. And they don't mean anything bad, but you know, they just, you know, it's unfiltered. And I think that imagination and that that unfiltered mentality, I think that's very inspiring, you know. So the 14 years I've been teaching, uh, as I said, I, I've kept my youth because the idea of being around youth and being able to accept and listen to them. And that's, what's really kept me young and kept it to where that, you know, I've been, you know, trying to be uh, you know, very creative. It really comes from, from the students. Okay. That's great. That's great.
0: So this was in 2003 when you, when you were in Ghana yes. and that was before you, that was before pre-med or after the decision to go into education? Uh, that was a little bit before my decision. A little bit before. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So you went to Ghana you got the teaching bug, you still continue to pursue a a career in medicine. And so what happened? Like, like, what made you change your mind? Obviously, you had come back from Ghana, you were still, you were still, you know, set on the medicine track. So what happened?
1: Wow, what happened was just that, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people needed, uh, need people that are in the education field. I know that that's something that they may not uh, pay as well, of course, as the pre-med field, but I knew that I can just go directly into uh the uh the education field and say hey let's help out with whether it be history whether it be uh you know science or biology and things of that nature so it just came came to me at, uh, one night I just said you know let's just go into to teaching I, I love doing it I love education period and I saw that you know as I was a nurse because I, I received my uh emergency medical uh, technician and also my certified nurse's aid uh license while I was in high school and so you know working as a nurse I'm like okay it's really the same thing as being a teacher so i was like yeah let's just go into the teaching field and let's go from there
0: that's awesome so what did you do what was the first step you went to school you started teaching right away what was the next step in your journey
1: well yeah but the next step is that uh interesting enough uh the two classes i despised as as a student were um history class and language class (laughs) and i ended up being a history teacher and A language arts teacher, but I just don't that's like cool. people telling me, "Hey, sit down, read this book." I'm not gonna read this book. Give, <laughs> give me a, bad book. you know, give, give me something on science or something like that. But uh, when I when I got back, that's when I actually took more credits in uh, history because, uh, you know, I've always been a person that that listened to my elders and I love, you know, stories of the past. I love listening to uh, different stories and different people's perspectives, and so that's what got me into history. And so uh, I finished my undergrad in in history. And uh, from there, I, I taught eighth grade U.S. history uh, to my students in Austin, Texas. Awesome. And, uh, you know, from there, of course, and also uh, teaching English as well. And kids from, from all over, from uh, Mexico, from Nicaragua, uh, originally from uh, Texas as well. And, you know, just being able to, to, to teach uh, the classroom and have the students debate. And I love the kids when you just go out, you put out a, a topic and they'll say, OK, you know what? All right. Here you go. Debate. And, you know, just sitting back and listening to them, and that just brings me great joy because, you know, you would think that would come out of the mouth of students, you know, how intelligent they may be. And just listening to that, it's like, wow, you know, I, I thought I was listening to, you know, uh, uh, an undergrad, you know, debate or something like that. But they bring up really great ideas. And so uh, that's, that's what kept me in the field.
0: That's great. That's great. You said two things that, 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 that sparked ideas in my head. First of all, I also couldn't stand history as a kid growing up. I never understood what, you know, like, why do I need to learn this stuff? It's old stuff. It's history. It happened already. Alone. And now when I talk to kids and I asked them like, why do we learn history? Why is that important? And they're like, well, because it's part of the curriculum, you know, you got to do it because the school makes you do it. I said, I said, it's not really like that. You know, Mm -hmm. you have a choice to make every mistake yourself or watch somebody else make a mistake and learn from it. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. what history is about. You know, we can watch yeah. how other people lived and the good things that they did, we learned from those things. And the bad things that we did, we learn from those things. And we try to correct it as best as we can. Ironically, history repeats itself. So, yeah, you know, right. we're never fully learning, but that's why we, you know, try to understand it as best as we can. And it's just funny that you said that. The other thing that you said about like watching the kids debate and how amazing it is, the things that they said, one of the things that I, you know, when I started doing this podcast was, you know, like I, I listen to other podcasts and they like to have like these, you know, celebrity, you know, athletes, you know, it's a big deal. If you can get an NBA player or a major league baseball player on your podcast and, you know, or if you're in business, you want to get some rich, you know, business guy, some guy that's been super, super successful. And I just thought to myself, like, I'm in the field of education. There's so many celebrity teachers that just nobody knows about them. But they're superstar teachers. You know, we don't have in, in education. It's there are too many great teachers to mm-hmm. have like an NBA of teaching, you know, like a teaching hall of fame. You couldn't have it because there's so many of them. And I can really reach out. It's so easy to just approach a teacher who's a great teacher, who's so passionate, who's so excited about what they're doing and just say, hey, you know, let's get on a, a, mm-hmm. a you know, a, a call and, and let's just chat about teaching. We'll have a great time. And it's been really, really great. And you know the energy, and especially you know the energy that you're bringing here is, is so is so great. Like I can only imagine like watching your class debate stuff. Like I'll bet like your your energy is is contagious, right? Obviously, all your kids are just as excited as you are because they aren't. In five minutes, they become. You know that's just the way it goes. And and you just yes. like sit back and just let it, just let it flow, just let the the positive energy flow in the classroom.
1: It's so amazing. Yeah, so yeah, man. My- my my students would say they would they thought that I was on Red Bull every morning. They're like no, <laughs> I don't I don't drink Red Bull. Like coffee, it's got to be coffee, right? Like no coffee. It's like you're just bouncing everywhere. Why is this, man? But uh, <laughs> and I've always wondered, like you know, last year was my last year in the classroom. But I was wondering, okay, what what do I hang up? Because you know, when you think about the Hall of Fame, like you know, do I hang up an apple or like a ruler? <laughs> but I'm like, no, oh, I was in the math classes. Like you know, what 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 do teachers where, where are they going to hang up on the walls to where they you know, hey, you know this here right, like jersey yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so we got to come up with something because definitely those teachers need to be recognized you know, yeah no absolutely question about absolutely. it we gotta we gotta recognize great teachers
1: definitely definitely so, so how many years so how many years did you teach in the classroom it was 14 years in the classroom uh, and now five, you're out yes. of the classroom well out of the classroom but yet still around it as basically as an education consultant and then also helping out with uh schools that need teachers that need to be taught. You know, I'm really passionate about the idea that, you know, if you have a great teacher, you know, you can have a great classroom and the students can get a high quality education. Sometimes it doesn't matter like where you are. If you have a teacher that's subpar, then, you know, that's going to, of course, take away your experience of being, an, uh, being, being a student. But, you know, you can be in a place that just has four walls and a roof. But if you have a dynamic, inspiring teacher, that right there raises the level of education that you're going to be getting
0: yeah absolutely i i always think of it like you know there are certain you know um certain trades certain professions that have like tools of the trade right like like a carpenter has his hammer his saw whatever it might be you know a chef has their has their stuff you know as a social worker it's i'm a little bit of a similar situation but there are no tools it's just you it's just you 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 go into a room like you said a room with four walls that's it you have a you put a good teacher with a group of kids you're going to have a certain outcome you put a subpar teacher in the, with the same group of kids totally different outcome absolutely. so you know it's 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 all about you and yeah it's absolutely fantastic
1: yeah and what's what's and to that point as well is like um sometimes when you look at the other professions like you say a carpenter like you know they can measure their success you know literally and figuratively saying that hey i you know put in this carpenter, or if i'm an architect hey i built X amount of buildings and everything, but unfortunately, we have to we have to have a delayed gratification as an educator because we don't we may not see the results 10, 15 years from now, whether it be good or bad results. And that's why I talk about like in my book the idea of you know think about your legacy as an educator, saying that you know hey, I don't know if ten years from now I wouldn't want this kid to come up to me and say hey, uh, I was in your class and you treated me like this. I would I would be you know horrified if that happened. So every day when I think about you know what okay. 15, 20 years from now, if this person sees me, you know, I'm with my kids. How would I want them to say or come up and hug me or shake my hand or anything else? And so I always try to tell my uh, the educators that I teach, like, hey, man, keep down the forefront because you never know. You know, you could have a traffic ticket 20 years from now. And like, oh, that's the judge. And the judge may say, hey, you know, oh, Miss Johnson, the, the teacher that said that I was going to be nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, welcome to my court. <laughs>
0: That is great. That's great stuff. Let's talk a little bit about your book. Yes, so, w- so, so it's based on the art of war, right? You just yes, based the book on the principles of the art of war. When did you have the idea to write a book? That's like a fascinating idea, just of like, you know, the whole concept of writing a book, of putting these principles out there. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. How did, how did that work out for you? How did you come up with that idea?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where, like, you know, the history comes in. And I remember my second year of teaching uh, in Adobe Middle School in Austin. Uh, one of the teachers came up and said, hey, let's, you know, let's use the art of war and then, you know, use that from uh to be able to help us out in teaching. And she came from the business world and the business world has already, you know, tried to incorporate the right. art of war. And, everything. and And I was looking, I was like, wow, OK, you know what? Actually, there's different elements that we actually can incorporate. And once you think about it, sunset was basically an educational consultant. You know, he himself was general, and then he goes to other emperors and generals, say, "Hey, you want to know how to, you know, win a war? You want to how to win battles and everything? Then, you know, here's my book, and here's how I, I, I separate everything. And within the book, he talks about the main elements, and those five elements of warfare: the Dao, the reason why you fight; uh, heaven, uh, the climate of where you're fighting; earth, the geography; uh, command or the commander, how the leader is, how inspiring he or she is, and then of course. Uh, the last one, the law, and how disciplined the troops are. And when I looked at those five elements, I said, you know what, that's the same thing that a teacher must be able to harness and understand and implement in order to go about and actually uh, teach a great class and be be able to be inspiring to to students and everything. Because I think sometimes going to a lot of professional developments, they go to, okay, let's try this method, try this method. And then, it becomes, you know, just, okay, here's something that is is fleeting. It's something that here's a fad of doing this and then just go to something else. But if you look at the five elements, those principles, you know, then you'd be able to pick and choose your own methods that you know will work if you understand uh, the elemental ideas of how to actually go about teaching. And I just looked at, you know, you know, teaching in the U.S., teaching in the Middle East, teaching in Africa. And when I, when I use those, those elements, I said, okay, you know what? It transcended you know, the culture or the uh, language barriers that I have with students and understanding, say, hey, this is what I feel So those five elements of teaching, and this will be able to where that you'll be an effective teacher.
0: That's awesome. That is so awesome. You know, one of the things that also, you know, you mentioned before, I've been lately more involved with the Facebook groups, and I've got like these couple of yeah. different teacher groups. And yeah. you have teachers all over the world. And it's so amazing how you know, we all come from different backgrounds and we're all dealing with different stuff that we have to figure out for ourselves. But, mm. but when you start talking about education and teaching and helping kids and inspiring kids, all those differences go away. And it's That's like true. we're all, you know, we're all in this together, man. Like we gotta, we got to gotta just get this done. We've got to get through to our kids. We've got to build them up because they're the future. And it's just so amazing and so remarkable. Like you said, it just transcends everything. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. You know, trying to inspire those kids, and the truth of the matter is that, you know, every leader is, a, is an educator, right? Every yes. leader is an educator. So, so you know, the rules that that you can take out of leadership, out of any industry, are always applicable mm-hmm. to education. And and you know, your book is great, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you did it. Just the idea of taking like these, you know, war principles and applying them to education is so great in itself because nobody likes war. Right? War is the last yeah. resort. And to be able to take it and and to use it for something as constructive as education, you know, there's no doubt about it that quality education can avoid many wars. Right? If we can understand yeah. each other, if we're educated, if we're developed, we understand these things, we can avoid a lot of this disagreement, a lot of a lot of that stuff. So that's really, really great that you've done that. So you've also got, you've also got, um, I'm just looking here at your resume again, you've got you've got some organization here.
1: Um
0: teacher of the year award you've gotten the leadership award you've gotten very very impressive here but i saw something i'm not finding out now publications that's the we spoke about that
1: you have some what are you doing now what are you doing currently you have a company yeah yeah, the company that i'm working for is basically for myself uh, the idea of uh, vanguard teachers okay and you know Right, trying to trying to make it to where that you know there's a there's a quote that Mike Tyson used that he got from his his uh, his coach. He says, you know, confidence breeds success, success breeds confidence. And as you were saying earlier, the idea of the analogy of the of the war analogy, which is quite interesting. That uh, one editor that I was uh, directed to, uh, she refused to edit my book. She was like, Nah, you know, you're you're bringing war into the classroom. I, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I was like, Okay, I respect. I respect you, but you know I'm trying to let you know that it's not like I'm going about saying let's chop this kid's head off right now in front of everybody. Else, you know, but it's the idea that you know, you know, the you know it starts out. with Sons is saying that you know the you know it's best to win without fighting, and it's really looking at the idea that hey, you know, if one we have to connect to the hearts and minds of our of our students. The idea that you know, um, we know that uh, we're not just teachers of the idea of let me just disseminate information. Easy, I, my kids can go to Google for that. You know, okay. Google far outweighs our information that we're able to hold. But if we can focus in on the idea that let's find out ways to inspire our kids and get into the hearts and minds, and that's what, you know, like Sun Tzu talks about, or that's what, you know, Mao Zedong talks about, or that's what all these different, you know, uh, you know, leaders, great leaders, they say, hey, you know, get into someone's heart. And then that's how you're able to get it to where that, you know, hey, we can lead and we can go to the next level of wherever we need to go to and everything. And so I'm just trying to get our teachers to say, you know, a lot of them they, they complain like, oh, I have to be a counselor now, or I have to be a best buddy. Or, and I was like, well, you know what? Well, we can look at it now that our our job is a lot more specified. The idea that we don't have to focus on, you know, finding information or, you know, of course guiding them and in getting information because that's a sea of information, but we can now get into the emotional social aspect to where they they can be self-driven they can be of course you know uh you know self-fulfilling uh uh, young people and go out and do whatever that they need to do so self-reliant that's what yes
0: yes it's interesting because one of the things you know obviously you know technology has not yet penetrated education The way it's penetrated Mm. other industries, you know, like medicine has benefited tremendously from technology. Commerce obviously, you know, Amazon is is just is just doesn't stop. They're shooting for the moon. I mean, they're literally. But but um, in education, and there are a lot of the big players are putting a lot of money into education technology. And one of the things that I think of why, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world can't really help technology is because these guys have been driven. On their own, mm-hmm. and they're the kind of people that when you give the resources to them they 'll figure mm-hmm. it out and that 's not the challenge that we have in our schools in America, you know perhaps in Africa where they don't have enough teachers, technology mm-hmm. can can give the information, and they're also the culture is so different there mm-hmm. that that they can if you give them the information they 'll figure it out on their own or they 'll work yeah. with them. but here we're dealing with you know kids that are not emotionally regulating themselves or kids that are growing up in tough environments where there's a lot of different forces coming at them. If they need the information, they have that information. So we need to, like you said, build them up socially, emotionally, and then Mm -hmm. teach them so that they can know how to use the tools properly, how they can make the right decisions, how to get themselves under control when they're feeling overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. The challenge is so different. And it doesn't speak to the challenges that a lot of the big tech Titans who were obviously very, very successful very early mm. on. They didn't struggle this way. You know, they didn't, no. you know, they, they had this stuff figured out. And I'm not saying that they had easy lives or hard lives. I'm not here to judge anybody. But the point yeah. is that when you're really successful, really, really young, it's a different, it's a different challenge altogether mm. than when you don't have that. And the challenges that we, have, that we see with kids that are dropping out, they're not disciplined. You know, Bill Gates dropped out of school to build Microsoft. Most kids that are dropping out of school are not dropping out of school to build Microsoft. They're dropping out of school to do things that they shouldn't be doing, and they're mm-hmm. better off in school. There are some kids that are better off dropping out and building businesses. There are certain kids that are like that, and that's great for them, but that's not the vast majority, at least from my experience. What I've seen. I haven't done any you know, real studies on it, but just from what I've seen, most kids that are dropping out are engaging in, in you know, not such good behavior. And the way, the way, just the way you're talking about inspiring them and lighting the fire underneath them, that's, it's, it's, yeah, that's what they need. There's no question about it. That's what they need. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do with Vanguard? So tell me what you do. You go into schools, you speak to schools, you're by yourself, you have other people working for you?
1: Yeah. So with Vanguard teachers, you know, I say like the Vanguard, because of course, you know, avant-garde, we're front and center of uh, today's society and tomorrow's future. Because, you know, going into different schools and say, hey, you know what, our teachers need help with. Uh, you know, inspiring kids or they need help with teaching uh, history or making it relevant. You know, some something that, that's missing that, of course, the key word I like to use all the time is connect. And, you know, what is that missing spark? What is that missing, you know, transmitter that's making it to where that, hey, we can be able to connect with our kids or uh, administrators to be able to connect with the teachers themselves? Because a lot of stu- the teachers, they may just check out, say, OK, you know what? I'm not connected to you or you're not making connections. So uh, I am that person that helps out And to become that connector and say, hey, you know what, let's have a uh, presentation on or let's talk about X, Y and Z. For for example, I really like um, there's one lesson I used to teach uh, in my history classes and my my teachers as well. Uh, Basically, I look at the historian as like uh, a DJ or a producer. Right. So if you look at a lot of producers and I love music, you look at the idea that they'll take something that's old. And then they'll bring it into the present and everything. They'll just mix and match it. Just like, you know, with, uh, I start with, you know, Mark Twain, he says, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. So what I'll do, like say if I'm, you know, kids that are, you know, 16, 17 years old and everything, I'll take an old 70s or 80s song where the original sample is, I'll play a little bit of it and I'll say, okay, well, where does this song come from? And they have to write down, oh, I've heard this song from, you know, Jay-Z or from J. Cole and everything. Nice. And just to get them to understand that, hey, you know, you could still use the past for the present. Yeah, as in Ghana, they say uh, Sankofa, which means return, go, take. So the, the past is not dead. You know, you could still utilize. Or there's good sounds and everything. There's good ideas. Let's bring it into the present, make it relevant, and to where that you have that connection. And then I'll do the opposite with the uh, the older generation. I'll play a present-day song, and, you know, they can hear a snippet of, like, a, a three-minute sample or something like that, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's BT Express. Uh, you know, do it till you're satisfied. You know, so and then it gets them the idea of saying that, hey, you know the idea of connecting the past and the present and everything else it's 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 all there and uh another game i would play let's say for example is like a price is right type game in order to get into the idea of uh, asymmetrical information of course you know i grew up on games so like with me gamifications and everything else i grew up watching you know concentration uh you know pressure luck and you know uh it was a supermarket sweep everything so my classroom is just one big game you know, it's just all amalgamation. Of all yeah, <laughs> all, just put, all the 80s and 90s games, I just put them all <laughs> together. Right? And so, like, uh, I'll, play, I'll play a game of basically, you know, they have to I'll put up, you know, uh, some type of item. I say, okay, what's the actual retail price, right? Uh, but, of course, they can't use their phones. And so when they don't use their phones, they're like, oh, uh, they're making a guess and everything. All right, all right, you know, I'll get something else up, some other item. What's the actual retail price, but use your phone. And then, of course, you know, if they use their phone, of course, they're able to get that information. And so just to let them know, like, hey, you know, with the idea of technology and what we're looking at right now, our access to information has, you know, made a a, a very big paradigm shift. And so, like, with our kids, the same thing. Like, hey, you know, really, do I need, you know, a, um, you know, a travel agent when really I can just go online and book everything myself? So, even with you look at travel agents and other people that, you know, could have died off because of uh, information and the easier access, but they've had to evolve. And so I use that to make, make the point with the teacher, say, hey, we have to evolve. And they did that, you know, kids could just go online and go to a Harvard website and listen to Harvard lectures and everything. So but what really makes you different than just a person that's disseminating information? If so, you know, we can just get a robot. But if you are that heart, if that's where the Tao comes in, in, what I talk about in the book and what Sun Tzu says, saying that if you are that person that can, can reach into their soul, into their, their spirits and say, hey, this is what you're good at. This is something that I think that you'd be able to, to look into. Okay, go ahead and, and look at it. You know, even I think in Steve Jobs, uh, 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 his biography, it talked about he was kind of a hellion in class. It was that math teacher that got him to say, hey, you know, sit down, let's do some, you know, some math type things and, and let's do some puzzles. And that just got him just a click. And so, you know, you know, it is difficult as an educator, but if we can look at the principles and, and be able to employ those principles, as I uh, talked about in the, the five elements, then it's something that will make it easier for you. And it makes sure that, you know, the kids regulating each other, they're giving each other suggestions. They, I, I loved it when uh, I made kids, you know, when they criticize each other, that I would think sometimes the kids that would be, you know, very vicious, but that they could be very poignant with their, their criticisms and everything. Or I would, I encourage a lot of my teachers. I say, Hey, you know, the best people to uh, criticize or critique a class will be the students. Not someone who comes in for five minutes, looks around, or even for an hour. No, the kids are great and understand like, Hey, you know what? Uh, You know, he protects me when I get bullied or, you know, this teacher is really great because, you know, they really inspire me. And I actually want to learn about this class, even though I hated math. So you know, I think sometimes we we discredit and we uh, undermine our, our our kids' voices and everything. And I think that's something that uh, I, I usually uh, try to implement into the school and once you, uh, when I when I do trainings, because then that's where they actually feel that they have value and their voice is actually heard. And that's what a lot of kids say. You know, you watch movies, watch the '80s movies. You know, they they oh you know the with the Brad Pack and everything. They're like oh. I, I, No one's listening to me. My voice is not there. You know, and and the same thing with kids and everything. I have a six-year-old at at home, uh, a two-year-old and a a one-year-old. And my son, who's six, man, I just so many things I've I've learned from him. And just like, wow, you know, okay, you you saw that? Or, oh, wow, you're really listening. Okay, you know what? Uh, What do you think? You know, it's like, "Ah, yeah, I don't like that shirt, Dad. Uh, You should change it. I'm like, all right, cool.
0: (laughs) You know, That's great. That's great. It's true. I, I think sometimes, and tell me what you think, because you talk with a lot of these teachers. Also, a lot of the teachers are afraid to hear the the voices of the children, and even afraid to embrace technology, because yep. they just don't have the confidence. They they're afraid of being replaced. You know, they're they're afraid that they're going to be replaced by robots or or whatever you know, computers or whatever it is. Yep. And and I try to when I talk to teachers about this, what I try to tell them is, you're not going to be replaced. There's no way that a computer will ever replace a human being. Computers work for us, okay? So, so as long as you realize that if you listen, if you embrace the stuff, it can actually propel you further. Mm-hmm. You know, however great you are, if you embrace the technology, you can go even further. People are living longer because of technology. People are acquiring more wealth because of technology. If you embrace the technology, you can, it, it puts you, You know, it reminds me, you mentioned Steve Jobs before. So, so I had heard this talk, that Steve Jobs had given like in the 80s like like right when the first apple computer came out mm-hmm. and 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 people didn't really know what computers nope. were. So he said yeah. he said the best way that I can describe a computer he said is is when I was a kid I read a, an article in in uh, some scientific american I think it was I think it was scientific american some some kind of magazine and he said and they were doing a study of efficiency and locomotion in different species they wanted to know how how efficient different species are in getting from point a to point b and they would measure like how many calories they would burn to get from one point to another whatever it was and they studied a bunch of different species and the condor one. the condor was really? but yeah was was by far mankind came in a third down the list he uh-huh. said which is very which is a very poor showing for you know the crown jewel of the world you know we're we're the most sophisticated, yes. and we're just a third of the way down and being able to get from point A to point B. He said, but somebody <laughs> at the magazine had the good sense to also test man on a bicycle. Mm. And man on a bicycle far outbeat the condor. Yeah. And said, what that taught me was that man has the ability to create tools to amplify our natural abilities. Absolutely. And when I look at a computer, he said, a computer is a bicycle for the mind. It Absolutely. allows you to make... You know, computations, calculations, recall information, put in information, you know, do all that stuff, you know, just like just like a bicycle. So, so that was his description. A computer is a bicycle for the mind. And I think that, you know, if we are able to talk to teachers and tell them to embrace the technology, that this is like a bicycle mm-hmm. for your mind. This is going to make you as good of a teacher as you were. You're going to be a much better teacher if you embrace. Now, obviously, you need to have the right technology for it because there is a lot of technology out there that isn't really yes. – helping teachers but you know if we can focus in on 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 the proper technology and we can have the right kind of conversations with with teachers just take away that fear from them reassure them and the same thing with the kids don't be afraid of the kids voices i've gone into i've gone into schools where i've asked principals like why don't you ask the kids how they like these teachers and they're like we don't want to start that we don't want to start that because what if they don't what if we can't fire all these teachers like what are we going to do like what if the feedback doesn't come back favorable and I'm like, so what, you're going to just bury your head in the sand instead, you know, like, yeah, just yeah, under yeah. the rug just because what if, because of what if, I mean, come on, but people are scared and, and, you know, we got to work with that. You know, we got to work with that. So I love the work that you're doing. You know, we're, we're, we're running out of time. I have a couple of minutes left. If you have, if you still have some time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. So tell me what was you know it sounds like you've just had an amazing journey. you're so positive and so full of energy, but there must have been some challenge, some difficulty along the way that you could share with us where like things were not so uh, great, and you were like, oh man, this is all not happening the way I was hoping. Can you share something yeah. like that with us?
1: yeah, you know uh when I actually I spent seven years in Abu Dhabi uh United Arab Emirates, and that was like some of the best time of my life it it started out not to The level that I thought it would be on the idea that uh it actually didn't come much from the students it came much from the faculty and being able to immerse myself in the culture and I think sometimes actually learning the the language and everything else that was kind of a barrier people like okay well who are you like why are you trying to learn the language and you know so there was like this suspicion and I was like okay why am I being suspicious I'm trying to help out and but I had to actually take myself out from the position of where I was or just you know, have a lot more uh, introspection and actually asking a lot more people saying, hey, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Uh, because, you know, what I thought I was doing was something that was, you know, altruistic and something that would be positive. But, you know, I actually had to take a step back and say, hey, you know what, maybe you're being a little bit too pushy or maybe it's that, you know, uh, maybe you are being a little bit too suspicious and just asking questions and everything. Just sit back and learn a lot more of the the culture and everything to where that I can really see you know, how I would be able to fit in, how I'd be able to be a person that helps out with the, uh, the mission that was going on in the, in the country at the time, which was what brought me over there. Uh, saying that instead of it being a, um, you know, a resource-based uh, uh, economy or a, commodity, a commodity-based economy, but into a, an innovation-based economy. And I wanted to be a part of that, that process and everything and be able to uh, bring that back to the U.S. But, you know, with that shift, I mean, it was a very, it's a very big shift. And so, you know, I, I did have to be a lot more patient. And that patient uh, was actually key. And so I had to sit back, you know, I had to be a lot more, you know, I couldn't be too much like a, uh, like a minpin, pin, you know, that's going like, Hey, what's going on? Hey, let's do this. Hey, hey, you know, just take it easy. You know, a little bit cool, calm, and then be a lot more observant and everything. And that really helped me out with, uh, you know, I'm already a patient person, but with that, that patience was, was patient square. that I had wow. to do it and very appreciative of, of, of that experience and everything. And I, it's great that I still keep in touch with some of the teachers there, but a lot of my students, that I love that, you know, I still get to keep in touch with them, of course, through technology course. and everything. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was a trying time. That, I think that was the, the most trying as an educator. Uh, but uh, being able to get through that, that really helped me out and become a better person and a better educator.
0: That's great. That's great. Do you have any, like, you know, crown jewel, like, most amazing experience that you've had in education that just blows everything else out of the water? Do you have any story like that that you can share? You know,
1: I think one of the coolest things is that uh, being able to see one of my students, and actually, he's uh, going to be working on uh, my house uh, for construction and everything. Because I had to rent out my house that's in Austin, and he's like, "Hey, man, I, you know, I do, uh, you know, construction and everything, and you know, he does home improvements and just working with him right now as we speak. I think that's really cool because it's weird because I talk to him and I just remember him. was like, "Wow, I remember him in my eighth grade class and just you know how dynamic he was and everything. He's still the same guy, and uh, you know, just just very dynamic and just very special and everything. And I think that's, you know, it's not because of me, but it's just the idea that just seeing that You had a hand in
0: it. You certainly had a hand in it. It may, yeah, it, it may not be because yeah. of you, but you certainly have a hand
1: in it. Yeah, and you talk about, yeah, I remember eighth grade, we talked about this and we had our debates. And i like, well, yeah, that, that really helps me out in understanding, as I said earlier, of the idea of seeing, you know, that finished product and seeing it 10 years, 20 years down the line and everything. And that right there says, okay, you know what, this is why you know, I, I became a teacher and everything.
0: That's great. That's great. You know, it's like recently they, they put out this app that was pretty popular that was taking pictures of people and making mm-hmm. them like they're old. You know, have you seen that? Like a lot of people uh, like yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. So, so they put like these white beards on people, you know, on the men, obviously, and they get, make your face all wrinkled and all that stuff. What they should have is an app where you take a picture of a kid and you just see them as a regular middle-aged adult. Just so that you can visualize that idea, you know, like you see a bunch of kids and you're like, oh man, stop bothering me, you know, stop making my life difficult. And you stop and like you said, you know, they're get, these guys are going to be in their 30s one day, right? And, and you may bump into them, you may not. You know, treat them that way. Be respectful. Yeah. Talk to them like, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, that would be really cool. And, you know, just that story reminded me of that, you know, it's, there's nothing like meeting a student when they're an adult and they're functioning and they're contributing to society and they're able to help out. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Jason, that's it has awesome. been it has been such a thrill. Wow. Such high energy. Really, really great. Thank and, you. you know, maybe we'll do this again sometime. I'd love to do this again. Very, very enjoyable. Thanks so much for taking time to come on. Good luck with everything. Good luck with Vanguard. Good luck with all your teachers. Good luck with all your students. Yes, and sir. Thank let's you. Let's be in touch.
1: Absolutely. And you guys can ch- catch me on uh, Hayes Jason dot com. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. It's great. That doing, brother. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Take care. All the best.
1: All right. You too. Thank you, sir.
0: I hope you got value from this podcast. And please, before you go, if you can just subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends, that will be really, really amazing. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a class stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.